1: welcome back to the working on purpose show thanks for tuning in again this week I'm your host Elise Cortez joining you live from Dallas Texas which is home base for me if you've been tuning in for a while you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and productive personal and work lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion inspired contribution innovation and persevering performance I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting speaking and developing workforces across the globe every week in these conversations I hope hope you walk away with something you can immediately put to use in your life and that you come alive with the possibility of living with passion, working on purpose, and are inspired to discover for yourself just how big and fulfilling your life, work, and leadership can be. And if you do catch fire from anything you hear, reach out and tell me about it. Email me at elise at elisecortez.com or use the contact me feature on my website to message me. Tell me how I can help, whether you want to join the distribution list to stay informed of these radio show topics, you want to see about joining. Catchfire online inspiration accountability or mastermind community you want information on my purpose-driven leadership programs for individuals or companies or you want to see about having me speak for your company or conference at any rate i'm glad we're connected and thanks for listening now on to this week's program with us this week is Max Hansen. He's the CEO and co founder of Y Scouts, the first ever purpose based executive search firm. We'll be talking about how he entered the purpose movement and why he thinks it's critical to business success today, the approach he and his team at Y Scouts takes to join ju- with, their, with their client companies and candidates, and where he sees the future of the workforce. He joins us today from Phoenix, Arizona. Max, welcome to Working on Purpose.
2: Oh, Thanks, Elise. It's uh, great to be on your show.
1: Well, I always like to tell our, our listeners where it is that I find my guests, and so here, here I was minding my very own business, Max, when I smacked up in next to you at a purpose conference that you helped sponsor in Phoenix, Arizona, last October. And and I just one, I want to just give a shout out to you supporting a conference like that. That's just amazing. It was a phenomenal experience, and we'll also shout out Imperative and Aaron Hurston team who put on the conference. Um, pretty phenomenal, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, I was really honored to be a part of it, and uh, I was really, um, uh, really proud of Imperative to take the first step and, and put on a conference like that for the first time. So it was just great to be a part of it, and it really felt like uh, I, I will say our tribe because I know I, you you think similarly to me. Uh, so it was uh, wonderful to be a part of that conference.
1: Well, I'll tell you a little secret that nobody else will know, including anybody who might be listening. <laughs> I actually had it on my on my program, my calendar to host my own first ever purpose conference of some sort. Um, the week after that Aaron Hurston team had had theirs on and once I found out about Aaron's I'm like heck I'm gonna just join this bandwagon this sounds really amazing and I'm glad I did so <laughs> <laughs> I it was on my radar too there's something in the something in the water here Max well we're, um, we're
2: glad we're glad you did as well Elise
1: yeah well thank you thank you I love meeting your team and a shout out to Priscilla by the way for her help and helping getting you on the show thank you Priscilla Um, So let's talk about you and this amazing career. And we do have uh, uh, something in common in that I started my human capital career 20 years ago in recruiting. Um, But you've made a career out of helping companies find key talent they need to drive and grow their businesses. But you say that somewhere in 2011, you began to notice that traditional contingent hiring model wasn't allowing you to help your organization solve the deeper rooted issues they were facing in their hiring practices. And then as a recruiting leader with decades of all those experiences, I'd like to understand. What did you see? What did you notice?
2: Well, I'd like to say it was linear. That I was in the recruiting business and helping companies hire people, and just one day I woke up and said I wanted to align people on purpose, uh, you know, in the workplace. But <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't quite that linear. Um, we or tidy, it, I suppose. It, or tidy, right? Uh, we we had uh, in January of 2002, I started my first uh, company called Job Brokers, uh, which is kind of ironic because the word job and the word brokers, you know, ten years later, bore, both were kind of considered four four letter words in a way. Uh, so we re- <laughs> re- re- rebranded to uh, uh, to a company called True Path, uh, and both those companies are still around today. I sold my interest in those companies and uh, took 100 percent of the shares to Y Scouts, but. How we ended up um, with Y Scouts is we did, when I first started in the recruiting business, uh, I started at Aerotech, uh, which is a most people probably know who Aerotech is. They're owned by the Allegis group. and uh, they taught me a lot. I was really honored to start there and see how uh, a company with uh, very sophisticated processes and uh, you know had been built and how they were training their folks. So, I started there, and and then I moved on to a smaller company uh, based out of Tempe, and it really made me realize um, how much I learned from Aerotech. Um, So by the time I started my own company, I really had the uh, experience of a really sophisticated, scaled company to over 350 locations when I left, to uh, to when I quit, I went to a single uh, office that was um, you know pretty much the opposite of that. So I had kind of saw the best of both worlds. I saw a very entrepreneurial company uh, in the company that I moved to, and then where I came from was obviously a well uh, well structured company. So we set out and um, we we did a lot of contract to hire, uh, which a lot of uh, you know firms do. And um, I'm not here to to bad talk contract to hire by any means. But once we had done that for. Uh, call it about 10 years, um, we had um, we had hired, I, I'm just going to guess, probably 25,000 people at that point. And I started to kind of lose my interest in the, uh, the contract to hire model. Um, I think we were um, effective in helping some companies. Um, and I won't name some of the bigger companies because uh, I don't think it's relevant. But what I started to see is I started to see um, it was kind of a revolving door, and we're really refilling the same roles over and over. Um, and it was beneficial for companies, um, but it became it became where I, I didn't see it as uh, I didn't see it as meaningful. I saw it as uh, sometimes that we were maybe even kind of kicking the can down the road and perpetuating the problem of of really addressing the root of the hiring challenges, um, with our, our client company. So in about 2011, um, I started to kind of ask myself, you know, what do, what do I really, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And to be honest, when I say it wasn't linear, I really felt like I kind of lost my way. And, um, I'd say, you know, kind of, kind of figured out that I I didn't know what my purpose was and it took me uh, a little soul searching, uh, to find it at that point. And, Ironically, at at that point in 2011, um, I was making well into the seven figures, and uh, everything in theory should have been great, but there was something missing, and it took me a uh, it took me a while to to figure that out. And there was actually one, there was one uh, kind of conversation I had with my son, who's almost 14 years old now. So he was uh my mass, right? He was about four years old at the time him and my nephew walked out to me and they asked me uh, what, I, what I did, what I did for work. Um, and these are, you know, four and a five-year-old asking me this. But I, it, I had been kind of wrestling with it, whether this is something that I want to do and whether it's something that's really solving, you know, really deep-rooted problems. And I was already kind of in question about it. So when they asked me what I did, I told them proudly that I give people jobs and I find people work. And they kind of shook me off and they said, no, what is it that you really do? And I was kind of confused with their question and I, and I thought about it. They wanted to know what I actually did. So what I actually did is I just met people and talked with them on the phone and met them in person and they looked at me and they said, that's all you do? And they ran off and laughed. And that was kind of the, uh, you know, kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and made me really start searching uh, for applying what I had learned and um, making, uh, you know, figuring out how to use it and, and make it a lot more meaningful.
1: Oh, my gosh, Max, a couple things. That's so great. One, I really appreciate where you come from. And I, I, I've, I myself also fit into that bucket of, of getting to a place where you're going, really, is this all there is? And there must be more that is part of, I think, from, has been also my launch to look for and discover my purpose. So I really appreciate that we maybe have to get there sometimes to be able to, to be motivated to go looking for it. Um, wow. That's, thank you for sharing on that level first. Sure. Um, the second thing I want to, I want to just sort of bring up to what, what I heard you hint at, and I've been wondering about this too, having come through them from the recruiting space, I do find it perplexing how much money companies can spend on search when they would be better served to find a way, I think sometimes to make the employees that they have want to stay. And that might be through helping them discover and align their purpose through the organization, or it might be, you know, just Better leadership and management, but I've really been amazed. I mean, you know, I real—it's a real pain point. Um, but it sounds like you started to notice something similar.
2: Yeah, you know, and even before that, Elise, I think uh, the one of the first things that really drove Brian Moore and I to uh, come up with what at the time was the first ever uh, purpose based leadership uh, recruiting model or first purpose based recruiting model. What we really saw was. Um, and I know this may be, it sound a little brash, but we saw people that were flat out lying in interviews, and then we saw companies and hiring managers, which I kind of bucketed ourselves in that bucket, as um, we were kind of setting people up to lie in interviews. I mean, we were uh, basically posting jobs, people rewriting their resumes. Um, we were using um, you know computers to keyword match, and then we were basically taking... You know the best matches, and we were starting with those, and so that drive that drove us kind of crazy that we were, um, that we were doing this. To me, it wasn't so much that I was blaming the interviewees that they were lying. I looked at it like, hey, we're stewards of the interview process, and we're setting up a process that doesn't work in baiting people in uh, to lie on interviews. So, even backing it up a little bit further. Um, I think that's the thing that drove us crazy. So the first thing we did when we started Scouts, and this is still what we do today, is we don't believe in posting jobs, and it's not that we think that people that do it are bad. People that hire us, they just don't hire us to post their jobs, um, and we'll get into to why that is. But uh, the main reason is we like authenticity, and we believe the best way to get authenticity is to ask somebody and interview somebody before they know the specifics about the job and the role. So the first Kind of tenet of starting Y Scouts and the first thing that we toyed around with um, in reinventing the hiring process was not posting jobs and doing going through a covert discovery process, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, but but yeah, so sorry I skipped that kind of in the in my first answer, and I wanted to make sure to share that with you.
1: And thank you for that teaser, Max, because you're right after we get into the second segment. That's really what I, what I want to focus that segment on is just really what, how you distinguish your approach now at Y Scouts. Um, but before we, we get into that, because that will be after the break, um, I want to understand, I mean, you can't really turn anywhere today, Max, I don't think, without discovering the word purpose somewhere. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, purpose purpose food, purpose breakfast, <laughs> purpose tires, <laughs> you know, it's, it's everywhere. So what do you think is going on in the world that is so contributing to this whole purpose movement?
2: You know, I think, I think everybody, uh, you know, if you look at it kind of worldwide or globally, I think everybody is so much more connected through technology and just the globalization of business. On so many levels, I think, uh, you know, people can now uh, really associate themselves with, you know, people all over the world that are uh, feeling the same things, going through the same tragic events. Um, you know, so I, I think that there's, you know, there's, there's, there's that uh, where people are just able to um, really associate themselves, uh, you know, on a, on a global level. And then we've always talked about when we started uh, Y Scouts, and this is just kind of coming now to me. But when we started to talk about why purpose matters, uh, when we started Y Scouts and called two thousand eleven twelve, um, we always said it was because of three main things that we saw at the time, and we said um, the first one was when nine what nine eleven. So when I, when nine eleven happened, I think everybody. Uh, it took everybody aback, at least in the U.S. But I think you know most of the world was was paying attention to 9/11. Um, but it, you know, the funny part is, is is the younger generations now, they are too young sometimes to remember where they were where 9/11 was. So that makes me feel really old. But from a, you know, from w- when we look back, we we looked at 9/11 as a big event where it really caught everybody, um, you know, off guard and it made them think. Wow, anything this could end at any moment, and we need to make the most of it, and we need to make sure we maximize and really enjoy our time outside of work and inside of work. And then I think the crash of two thousand and eight was another big event that really helped people, uh, you know especially uh, especially folks that were kids of parents who had basically worked their entire lives, and I don't want to exaggerate too much, but a lot of them worked uh, watched their parents miserable in a job working, you know, eight to five or more hours. And then they saved up all their money. And then that one single day, they lost, you know, a good portion of their savings or their life savings. Um, and then the last piece that kind of covers and circles back to, to your question uh, is technology and the internet. I think, you know, those three combined, and really in that time when we started Y Scouts, we started to identify that those three things were really driving people to, um, to, to really yearn for purpose more than ever
1: that was so crisp and I completely agree with that assessment I, I've done enough research including the stuff that Aaron Hurst puts out which I think is brilliant um, and I've come to very very similar conclusions but that was extremely crisp for our listeners and on that note Max let's grab our first break I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Max Hansen, who is the CEO and co founder of Y Scouts, the first ever purpose based executive search firm. He's here today from Phoenix, Arizona. We've been talking a bit about how it was that he found himself thrust into the purpose movement. After the break, we're going to talk about his model and what he sees people really crave and want in their work lives today. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.alisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
0: This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A L I S E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Max Hansen. He's the CEO and co founder of Y Scouts. His desire to help organizations with the root of their challenges in hiring, along with the lack of meaning in his own work, pushed him to create his first ever purpose based leadership search firm. In 2015, he sold all his interest in three traditional recruiting companies to more aggressively pursue building Y Scouts and purpose based leadership search. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So Max, so much great information coming from you, and I really think that you've got a, a unique vantage point to the world of talent. And I, once upon a time, had a similar kind of role when I was in recruiting, and that we get to drink deeply at the well of people's innermost connection to their work when we when we're in the recruiting role, and they let us into a very sacred place into our into, into their lives. Um, so I want to understand what is it that you think you've learned. Um, from people about what do they crave in work today? What are they looking for?
2: Well, you know, and kind of listening to some of your stuff as well, I think you're going to uh, really relate to this. Um, but I, you know, I think people now more than ever, they, they crave being part of something bigger than themselves um, at all levels. I mean, I think we used to see that uh, more, you know, in the leadership level years ago, but I think it's in a good way become table stakes. Um, I think we always have historically talked about uh you know, when we grew up, the question used to be, you know, what do you what do you want to do when you grow up? Um and I think the more appropriate question now is um we've talked about this uh since we started Wise Scouts, but the more appropriate question now is what do you want to be a part of? And I think that resonates with people. Um they really want to uh you know not only feel apart and feel welcome at, at home where they where they work, um, feel included. Um and then they also, I think, you know, we see people when they're able to contribute uh, towards, you know, a company's purpose or cause or, you know, efficiencies or, or production uh, in a way that utilizes their strengths. I think, you know, those things are, are very important. And that's, you know, kind of the, it's, we're still seeing that trend.
1: Mm-hmm. So are gone are the days, uh, Max, when people used to say, well, let's see, what skills can I go out there and learn so I can make the biggest paycheck?
2: Or is that still out there? Oh, well, I don't think it's completely gone. Um, I think you know, people people just look at it a little bit different. I don't think they. Uh, I, I believe that there are some people uh, that still you know kind of work for a paycheck and exchange time for money. Um, and in some cases, you know, that's that's the way they'll uh, they might remain. And my hope is that they don't. That they you know wake up and they see that there's a better way and they can actually enjoy themselves and. Not look at it as a uh, kind of a meaningless exchange, but uh, I don't think it's completely gone. I think the what what I what I have seen since we started Y Scouts is we focus when we first started the company. We were really dead set on not specializing in any industry because we didn't see any one industry uh, that was concentrated with purpose and values driven companies. Um, and, and, you know, and I think there's a lot of research from Imperative that supports that. Uh, so you know we we really uh, stayed disciplined and and didn't uh, specialize. And I, I think that that's changed. Um so I think that's our, that that it's kind of more table stakes to uh, provide a more meaningful workplace, which is really nice to see. Uh, I think that's kind of the you know, we give credit to the purpose movement and everybody a part of it that has really raised the the bar uh, for. Really, all companies to um, you know just to provide a more meaningful workplace where they are developing, uh, you know, all the folks that that are uh, working for them, uh, both personally and professionally. Mm.
1: Interesting, very interesting observations, and I I, I have to I, I agree with you absolutely on all that. Um, it's always great to hear somebody's perspective, though, that's so deeply in the trench as you are, Max. And and then the other side of that the question that I wanted to find out was, you, you make mention, I forget where I saw this, it was on your website or what, but you talk about your observation that we, today, we're so deeply entrenched in the technological world, and yet there seems to be such an increasing demand for strong leaders and talent. And so, what I was wondering is, if you've seen, and maybe you just answered that in your last statement, if, if there's any general coalescence around what companies are seeking in in terms of leadership? Is there something in particular, a perspective, a way, a lens?
2: Yeah, you know, I actually think there is. Um, I'll say, you know, for companies that have really turned the page, and uh, I think that there's a little variance from company to company, um, and that variance is if the company has adopted some sort of leadership model, like some way that they are developing leaders that is unique to their company. And uh, so we see that when we uh, do business with some of our clients uh, that have really good cultures. Like they, they have their own, I'll call it a leadership model. Um, and then but we have, the way we look at all companies, uh, unless a company asks us specifically to use a different leadership model, we use uh, the Y Scouts has developed a leadership model uh, with a neuroscientist uh, about five years ago. And so, where I think all companies, um, where they don't vary, unless they have their own leadership model, is I, I believe, and we believe that one of the uh, we look at uh, we look at the Weisbrot's leadership model. It has three elevated behaviors uh, of, of for exceptional leadership, and have three elevated behaviors that we see uh, that are the same amongst companies or amongst leaders. Um, is are uh, are they a relentless learner how have they developed other people and how have how do they drive results almost like a three-legged stool and I think um, I have seen very little variance when I look at all of companies when I look at leadership what constitutes a good leader uh, leaders that can show proof points in those three areas generally can lead well in almost any business so um, so that it's kind of a a two-part answer so companies that have develop beyond, you know, with their own leadership model. I do believe there's variants in companies that haven't. Um, we apply that leadership model, and it seems to work uh, amongst all the companies we work with.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so yummy. I love that, Max. Love that. Um, something, again, that that our listeners can just immediately take away and, and start to consider for their own companies. That's so great. Um Okay, I want to talk about Y Scouts right now. This is the this is where we get to really talk about your unique approach to the marketplace. And let's start with the name Y Scouts. I love it, Max. It's so it's so smart. It's so clever. Um, so the letter Y and then Scouts. I, I I'm going to make a big assumption, but before I do. Tell us how the name came up.
2: Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Once Brian and I realized uh, what we were creating, um, we obviously wanted the name and the branding to reflect, you know, what we were building as much as possible. And uh, obviously, the letter Y stands for, you know, what, what people, you know, ask themselves when they really are trying to find their purpose and and really uh, figure out what it is they were, you know, kind of put on earth to do. And um, so, so it stands for for the you know kind of word Y, And then if you look at the letter y, it's a fork in the road, and we believe that at least historically, I think maybe it's more normal now. But there's a point in time, and there's probably a point in time for a lot of people where they have to make a decision on which way they're going to go. Are they going to go down and kind of follow the direction that you know they had been going just because that's what they've done? or Are they going to take the, you know, they're going to take the the turn? uh, to something that, you know, has been, uh, that that's driving them and, or they have more purpose and meaning for. And then, um, you know, the, the word scouts, it was interesting. We actually took, uh, we took the, our 10, what we believe are our biggest competitor back then. And that's probably changed a little bit, but we took their uh, websites. We made a word cloud out of their websites and the word scouts was not in any of their websites anywhere. And, uh, I'm kind of a sports guy, and I think most people can relate to what a scout does uh, in sports uh, so we really liked uh you know y and the different uh, various meetings for y uh, the other thing is if you're familiar with uh you know x theory and y theory um, it's that was kind of part of it as well. We thought that fit just perfect uh x theory is people will only work for the exchange of money and pay uh, and then y theory obviously people are looking for much more meaning in their work so it had various meanings it made a lot of sense and you know we've been kind of proud of the name um and it's uh you know it's it's been good we've we've enjoyed the the name and the meaning and i appreciate you asking about it
1: uh, well, I'm, uh, that was a far richer response. I only got the Y as in the y, Y-H-Y, the Y question part of it, and the scout part. All the rest I didn't get. I'd, I loved how you filled that in, Max. And there's so much in a name, especially for what you're up to. And I, I love how you've taken such thought to, to create a, a meaningful name that stands for what you're up to. It's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about another lofty thing about you that I really love. It's smacked right across the, the your homepage of your website, but it says that you're out to connect 10 million people to work that matters. I think that is off the charts. Wonderful. I like it. Um, so where did that come from? 10 million people.
2: It's a great question. And it, it was a big uh, step and a big transition. Uh, you know, since we started out, uh, um, doing leadership search you know one can obviously assume that we're not going ever uh, get to 10 million people likely with just doing uh, leadership search as a professional service um, so when we came up with that um, it was probably three or four years ago that was really committing to uh, just making as big impact as possible and doing it in a way that's more than just professional services so what we do is we have a a process that we continually prove out. We continually to, continue to evolve it, um, but we want to productize it. We want to. We're about to publish a book called Hiring on Purpose. Um, so we want to touch as many lives as we can. We want to share how we do what we do. Um, and really, we 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 have our you know our goal set on 10 million because we know the only way to get there is through uh, products and books and other ways to really educate people and uh, teach them uh, a better way of, of hiring and aligning people on purpose.
1: Oh, I am, oh, I'm going to scream this from the rooftops, Max. This is great. <laughs> Happy to share this anywhere I can. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about that. I know we, we can't really go into a whole lot of detail just given the time constraints, but it, share with us, Max, your approach to working with client companies who want to engage their, your services. How is the way that you engage them today different than what you did before in the more traditional contingent search?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, well, we always talk about, uh, and this will probably uh lend well to, to listeners um, so I don't get in too much detail that will lose them but we talk about our three uniques at Y Scouts and the three uniques that we have uh, the first one is our role visioning exercise so we are able to take companies through a process uh, where individuals uh, leaders and then people um, throughout the organization um, they they give us information that helps us, define clarity um, about the role, really define what success looks like in the role. And then there's a company DNA assessment, which really helps us understand the purpose, the values and the culture of the organization. So right up front, um, and this comes from, you know, the the tens of thousands of roles that I worked before. When somebody hands you a job description, most of the time, um, that job description, it doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate because, uh, you know, and I'm sure you know this, at least being in the recruiting world, most of the time, job descriptions are written uh, by one person in, you know, possibly HR, or by one person who's really copy and pasting a similar job from another company. And what tends to happen when you do that is you copy and paste a bunch of extra things, and you pass it around, and you say, "Does this is this right?" And then you just add stuff to it. Um, so our process really simplifies that, and really. Uh, We always end up with three to five success outcomes and no more and key responsibilities with those. And it's through a, um, you know, collaborative, we call it a multi-stakeholder process. Um, So that's kind of the first differentiator. And then the second one is um, that covert search process that I referred to before. Anytime we reach out uh, to a potential leader. we We don't ever disclose who the, the company we're working for or what the role is. We just let them know we're retain and exclusive. Uh, obviously, we don't have any job postings out um, you know, out on the internet. Um, and we let them know that the company we're working on the behalf of cares so much about the complete alignment of uh, purpose, values, culture, and professional competencies that they want take they want us to take them through a discovery process similarly to the one that we took them through. And then we ask the candidate, "Are you good with that?" And it's absolutely amazing how people are um, really pleasantly surprised uh, that we really care about them first before we start getting into the professional competencies piece. Um, and then the last piece is that um, that leadership model. We're really the whole time we're talking to uh, candidates, and sometimes we sneak some questions in on the on the front end uh, before they know who the company and the role is, but. We're really looking to see how they've you know, set themselves up as a relentless learner, um, where their proof points are, uh, how they've developed other people and how they've driven results. So I'd say the, that combination of those three really kind of set us apart, and differentiate what we do in the marketplace.
1: Hold on just a sec, Max. You're, are you <laughs> telling me that you you do not let yourself get into a situation with your clients when they you take their requisition and you ask them about all these things and what they're looking for and then they reply back, uh, I'll know it when I see it, Max. Just send me
2: candidates. Yeah, no, we don't do that. <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing, and you know, it's the the most amazing. What I'm most proud of, and I think everybody, I shouldn't say me, but our entire team's most proud of, is when our clients uh, tell us what their, the candidates they end up hiring, or even the ones that they don't end up hiring. We always ask, you know, what did they think, and they 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 just give us accolades that we've never been approached like that, and that was the best feeling because most people are just throwing job descriptions and just saying, Hey, are you in or are you out? You know, we call and actually ask, you know, what do you most care about? And tell them that we want to take them through a discovery process before we spend time talking about the specifics on, of the job. So we spend 30 minutes on the front end, just getting to know them and really asking open-ended questions and letting them, uh, really dictate what they want to talk about, what work they really, um, they're good at, what work they like to do, what work they don't like to do. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. It's, uh, when we first started, it was a little awkward. People didn't know what to do. They, they, didn't, uh, they were a little shocked by it. Uh, now, uh, people respond really, really well, especially uh, very talented people that get hit by recruiters all the time. When they're hit with this differentiated approach, they, they, really, uh, they really enjoy it, and they really, uh, they really get sucked in through it.
1: I really get how that would then stop the whole process of just speaking to having I mean, candidates just speak to whatever the requisition says they have to do, and more to where's their heart, where's their soul. I so get that, Max. It's brilliant.
2: Yeah, yeah. We once had a, a gentleman, uh, just kind of remembering this off the top of our head, but we were working on a role for a uh, very high-end drug treatment center. It was a COO role, if I remember right. And so, during the covert process, we asked one of the questions. There was, there's a, we have a whole discovery uh, library of questions. And we asked the, the you know, if, if you could do anything. One of the questions was, if you could do anything, regardless of the pay, uh, or, or if you could do anything and make the same pay that you're making now, but do anything, what would you do? And this gentleman. As we were working for this drug treatment center, said he would love to dr- run a drug treatment center because his brother uh, got addicted to drugs after a baseball injury, and and basically, you know, he lost his brother to uh, drug addiction. And so, I, I was part—I was training a person during this. This was years ago, and I was—my eyes were just wide open. I couldn't believe that, you know, it was that direct of a of a uh, a hit on what is you know kind of true purpose in life is. So. Uh, So that's a, you know, it's a fun story to tell. Um, Usually things don't align that perfect, but uh, it it really gives you a flavor of what it's all about. Mm
1: -hmm. Talk about meaningful connection, something we all crave. And with that, Max, let's take our last short break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Max Hansen, who is the CEO and co-founder of Scouts, the first ever purpose-based executive search firm. He joins us today from Phoenix, Arizona. We've been talking a bit about how he works with clients and the unique things he's been seeing in the marketplace and leadership. After the break, we're going to talk about the future of the workforce. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Max Hansen. He's the CEO and co founder of Y Scouts. His desire to help organizations with the root of their problems in hiring, along with the lack of meaning in his own work, pushed him to create this first ever purpose based leadership search firm. And in 2015, he sold all his interest in three traditional recruiting companies to more aggressively pursue building Y Scouts and purpose based leadership search. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So Max, for this last segment here, I really thought it would be interesting to to pick your brain on the future of the workforce. again, you're in a very unique vantage point having been in the space for more than a couple of decades and I think you you're 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 a strategic thinker. so where do you think the world of work is headed what what will companies need to do to find and re- retain that core talent?
2: you know i I think where the where things are headed I, I you know obviously the, our different jobs will change I think there'll be new uh, newly created jobs um, I think for companies um, and this is kind of why our model is the way it is with that role visioning uh, you know kind of exercise on the front end is I think Companies are gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to know how to define those new roles they're gonna have to know how to define roles that don't even exist right now in order to take take uh, advantage of opportunities that don't exist currently uh, in the marketplace so um, and I, I I read a lot about you know you know technology and, and automation taking over um, you know jobs do I think that will happen yes, I think that will happen I think it's been happening I think um, the companies that adapt uh, best to it are, are going to win, um, and so, so I, I pay close attention to it. It uh, fascinates me. Uh, you know, we see a lot of new titles, uh, you know, coming out from chief innovation officers to you know more forward uh, thinking, uh, you know, titles. But I think I think what people have to, uh, from our vantage point, is companies. Just have to know how to define those roles and keep going with the punches and adapt.
1: Okay, so that means we can't go on autopilot anymore, which is what I do see a lot of companies doing in their hiring practice.
2: And that's exactly right. I would say uh, that would be the the opposite direction uh, to go. I, if there's one thing that fascinates me, uh, as you know, all this new technology comes out and AI and all these new things that you know people talk about taking over uh, hiring. Uh, the one thing I still see—I haven't seen uh, any change. I still see the need to make sure you hire the best leaders. I actually see that uh, the damp- demand to hire the best leaders increasing um, and not decreasing. So, uh, I think we're 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 safe for a while here. <laughs>
1: That's that's great. That's so great. Well, and, and to that end, I, I, the next thing I wanted to talk about was this whole notion of the the more mature or experienced person in the workplace. Max, I mean, I know, just in my own immediate network, many many people who are, gosh, probably maybe past the mid fifties, and when they they maybe they've been pushed out of an organization, and it might take months or longer, a year plus, to to land another role, and so. I don't know if that's just the company I keep, Max, and from what I can read out there and in the literature, it seems like there is more of this thing where these, the older folks, the more senior folks are getting squeezed out of the marketplace. Do do you have a perspective on that or any data on that?
2: Yeah, you know, I do. We actually just wrote an article on ageism and uh, Tasha in my office did a really nice job on it. Um, She actually is 51 herself. And so she had a lot of Uh, you know, just a lot of uh, fire behind uh, the article. But I'm really, I'm a really tough one to to talk about it with. Um, You know, I I think if I remember right, um, as many as 18.8% of people over 65 are still working today versus I think it was 12 and a half or a little over 12 and a half in the year 2000. So clearly, we're living longer, which is resulting in uh, us, you know, having a uh, older, uh, work, uh, workforce. But, you know, for me, I really, I know it's going to sound really funny. I really love, um, older folks in the workplace. I love the, uh, I love the diversity that they bring. Um, you know, I, 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 know what the challenges, uh, what people say the challenges are that, you know, there's, there's companies. I think people, um, you know, they talk about Google, uh, really discriminating and hiring younger folks. Um, I, I kind of tend to think that you know, it's kind of perspective and it's kind of sometimes, uh, you know, it's kind of something that kind of comes to them because they think of it that way. I think uh, we just have to continue to develop and, and uh, update ourselves as much as possible and, you know, provide ourselves, uh, make ourselves efficient in the workforce and I think there's advantages to being older and I think older folks really have to just be aggressive about being forward about those advantages of um, you know of being older, I think Tasha in the article uh, she jokes around that you know nobody nobody gets hired right out of school to be a CEO. Um, it's always going to be somebody that has some experience uh, under their belt. So yes, I think it's happening, uh, but I I think I think it's um, I think it's uh, you know something that older folks just have to continue to to learn and overcome.
1: Hmm. Well, and and to that end, you've already re- you already mentioned this thing about maybe staying in the workforce longer. Uh, so I remember a few years ago, Max, I was sitting in a leadership workshop myself on the receiving end versus giving it, and the woman that was speaking was a futurist, and she said. If you in the room, and there were most of us were women, are, are 50 years old and in pretty good shape, there's a pretty good chance you'll make it to close to 100 years of age. And I immediately had two thoughts. Great. I've got more time to go go after my goals. Fantastic. And, and work longer and make my contribution. And two, oh my gosh, I better take better care of this carcass that's going to get me there. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but but there is this notion of staying longer in the workforce just because we'll need more money to, for the longer years that we're, we're sticking around, which I think is great. I mean, tomorrow, if I'll just tell you, I'll be fifty-four, and so I'd love to hear what your what your thoughts are about what people can do to continue meaningful work longer in the in the workforce.
2: Yeah, sure. I actually turned forty-four on Thursday, so. Oh, happy birthdays. birthday! Don't make me sing happy birthday to you. I'll do it. No, and likewise, happy birthday. Um, you know what people have to do? I think they just have to keep reinventing themselves. I think. Um, you know, keep keep learning, uh, you know, have that, uh, that mentality, which I know just kind of reading up on you and meeting you, just being a relentless learner, um, just continuing to do things, um, you know, that you can, um, that, that interest you and, and give you energy. I mean, I think, you know, most folks, at least the ones that I kind of see complaining about not being able to find work because they're too old. I kind of also hear of them just with very low energy and not very excited about, um, you know, what they're doing. And I'm not saying that as an overarching uh, comment, but I think just reinventing yourself and and continuing to learn, um, doing things you've never done before, uh, meeting people that you've never met before. Because that's another thing I think when people start to age, their network starts to get smaller uh, so continuing to uh, network. And I think for me uh, personally, and I know this isn't necessarily about me, I'm committed to hiring people that are a little bit older, but I really like them. I think that there's characteristics that they have that uh, that some of our young folks don't have. Um, and I think it brings diversity. And I think we can all agree uh, that diversity is really good. And I think yeah. You really can do some amazing things with diversity. And, you know, I look at age uh, as one of those diversity factors that I think you have to have uh, in the workplace to really uh, continue to thrive. Mm. Well
1: that was that's both inspirational and encouraging for for anybody who's listening and I can tell you to your point about learning uh, this the reason I keep doing this show Max is every single week I'm engaged with a conversation that keeps me growing learning curious and and meeting new people to both of your points. Uh, so I appreciate very much what you said there. That's and that helps inform how I do my consulting, how I do my speaking, how I create and and, and give out my programs. It's it's there. So that's encouraging. Thank you for that, Max.
2: Oh, you welcome?
1: And um, finally, the next thing I want you want you to, to speak to, if you can, and I don't know just how many how many if we've got four or five generations in the workforce now, but is there a difference in what these generations find meaningful in their work?
2: You know, I don't know if there's a difference in what they find meaningful, uh, but the best kind of analogy or that somebody told me or or example that they gave me is they they raise their hand and they. Uh, they raised their pinky finger and their pointer finger and they kind of looked at those four generations and they said, here's the baby boomers, which would be kind of your pointer finger. And then here's the the millennials and maybe Gen Z where your pinky is. And I think the the key is, you know, kind of bridging that gap and getting them to teach each other. Because I think, you know, by nature, um, you know, the baby boomers are more of a knowledge-based, you know, in general, Uh, they're more knowledge-based and Baby boomers are in, and younger folks, or uh, excuse me, millennials and Gen Z, they're they're better learners. So if you can just kind of bridge them to, you know, teach one another, um, you know, for the folks that have uh, a lot of good knowledge that you know they, they've gained over the years to really teach uh, the younger folks, which usually the younger folks are have uh, better uh, ways to learn and they learn a little bit quicker because they've, they've had kind of the internet at their fingertips for a little bit longer. Um, but just just making sure that they, you know, learn to collaborate. And I think that the generations will take care of themselves.
1: You're reminding me a couple years ago, I did a, a show on reverse mentoring. And it was a, very much that, that idea. It was the young folks come in and teach the older folks how to use technology. And some of the more seasoned folks talk to the young people about learning how to how politics work, how does culture work, how does leadership work, how does strategy work, Um, how do relationships get developed. It's beautiful. It makes so much sense to me.
2: Uh, Absolutely. I love that, too.
1: We're down to the end of it already, Max. It just evaporates the time, doesn't it? So I I like to give my guests the last word. And so you know this show is listened to globally, and it's really designed to help people more meaningfully and and productively connect with their work and find purpose and meaning in it. What would you like to leave the listeners with today?
2: Uh, Well, there's so much to say, but I'll kind of keep it uh, somewhat concise. Um, I think, you know, I'll keep it, I'll keep the comment as it relates to hiring, I mean, this is, uh, it might surprise some listeners coming from somebody that, um, you know, runs a, a search firm. Um, uh, but in all the work that we do, um, what I, what I would like to remind everybody is hiring is super hard and it's a muscle that everyone needs to continually develop. Um, and I think it's very much, uh, it's very much like developing yourself as a leader. Um, and I think if it's not the most important, it's definitely one of the most important things, but uh, what you can do is just continue uh, to develop uh, that your hiring process and develop yourself as a uh, you know as a, a forward thinking and try thinker and trying new ways in hiring um, i I see far too many leaders trying to outsource their hiring um, and get it off their plate, and I think that's the opposite direction to go so Uh, If you do outsource it, just make sure that whoever you outsource it to is also providing you the insight uh, to learn how to hire better on your own. Because I think at the end of the day, you have to make that hiring decision and you have to be uh, well versed or at least confident enough to make the right decision when it comes to hiring your leaders in particular.
1: Mm, Great way to finish the show, Max. And thank you again for taking time out to talk with us. It's been really terrific to have you on on the show and sharing all of those years of expertise and just how you got into the purpose space. So thank you for coming and sharing your heart and soul.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: You're welcome. If you want to learn more about Max Hansen and the work he and his team do at Scouts, visit their websites. It's simply YScouts.com. So the letter YScouts.com. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch a be recorded podcast. We were on here with Paul Rat- Radoff. He's a certified management consultant and president of Strategy Development Group. We talked about how he discovered the need to address and develop purpose in the workplace some 18 years ago, and also his book, Thriving in a New Stakeholder World, Purpose as the new competitive advantage. He is clearly passionate about the work that he does, and you will see that and hear it when you listen to his show. And then next week, we'll be on the air with Nick Craig. He's the founder and CEO of Core Leadership and the author of Leading from Purpose, Clarity, and the Confidence to Act When It Matters Most. We'll be digging into his book so that you can take away some gems to put into immediate practice. See you then. Remember that work is at least one third of our life, so let's work
0: on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Alice Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.